You're listening to the Roaring Repeater Podcast on 7220sports.com. Here's Cody. This is the Roaring Repeater Podcast here on 7220sports.com. I am Cody Tucker, joined as always in studio by Jared Newland, Oluwasi Amoto Show, Cam Stone, Joshua Cobbs. Happy transfer portal season, Jared. Is the sky falling? I don't know if the sky is falling, but it's <laughs> definitely Max Exodus out of Laramie. Uh, nothing compared to what it was last year. We all knew this day was coming. The first Monday after the bowl championship bowl seasons, the portal is open. It's going to happen. It's happening all across the country. Don't go jump off any bridges, folks. It's not the end of the world. Um, yes, there are four starters that are no longer on the Wyoming roster um, when you add in Titus Swen there. Yeah. So, yes, is it a hit? Of course it is. It's not the end of the world, though. I guess one at a time here, Cam Stone, uh, shocked at all? I am because uh, he wasn't. He was under-recruited, mm-hmm. and – I'll be honest with you. I don't know if he's played up to his potential. Not even kind of. I mean, he's and he's been injured. Um, so with him, I am somewhat shocked. And I, I mean, he he started. He had full opportunity to show off his talent. Yeah. Um, and he was, you know, returning kicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's he's proven that he's pretty dang good at that at times. Yeah. Uh, and he he can. He ran back a pick six, <laughs> all yep. that kind of stuff. Yep. I mean, uh, so him leaving is probably the most, I'd say, shocking out of the three mm-hmm. that left today. Yeah, I think Stone, um, I think he has a ton more left in the tank. I really do. Um, you know, think about this. He he battled with Azizi Hearn and C.J. Colton for playing time last year, and he actually got in. Um, he played as a true freshman, played more than the allotted four games. So they believed in him enough. He, he had, the, like you mentioned, he had the 99-yard kick return against Utah State last year in Logan. Very talented kid, but, you know, if you can play devil's advocate a little bit here, what was one of the weakest parts of this Wyoming football team this year? And I'm not pinning that all on Cam Stone, yeah. but he had some rough moments. If pass you, defense. Yeah, and if you'll recall, um, you know, it turned into a forced fumble and Wyoming got the ball back. But Tulsa, you know, J- Stokes is on his way to the house. Uh, and he beat Cam Stone mm-hmm. off the line, and Cam, thank goodness for his makeup speed, caught him and knocked the ball loose, and Wyoming got the ball back, or they might not have beat Tulsa, and we've talked about it time and time again. That Tulsa game was huge. That was a momentum-turning, season-saving type of win to, dis- to de- well to determine what way your season was going to go. Y- you couldn't lose that game with Air Force and BYU coming right up. So I think the kid has a ton of potential. He's a really good kid, really nice kid. Uh, just... Um, you know, I'm I'm a little shocked by it too because I don't think he's there yet. I think C.J. Colden and Azizi Hearn kind of proved over two, three years in Laramie that they could they could do it and they could really lock up on guys. And uh, I just don't think we'd seen that necessarily out of Cam yet. But he's going to be good, and I think I don't know if he'll go Power Five, but he's uh, he'll find a landing spot. Yeah, I don't know if he'll go to an Oklahoma like Colden did, to a UCLA like Hearn didn't start. Yeah, uh, if he does go to a P5. I don't see him starting unless he's a kick returner. Right. But I don't know if does he have P5 speed to be a kick returner, too. Yeah, I don't know. And, and, you know, kick returns are becoming less and less of a thing around the country anyway. I mean, you can really neutralize that guy. Unless you have a head coach that <laughs> calls for a kicker to pop it up to the 35-yard line to start a game off. Yeah. 
That's another story there. That's showing ultimate respect, huh? <laughs> uh, the one that really I don't like at all is Olawasi Moto Show. Really liked his potential. Six and a half sacks this year. He had one tackle last year in very limited time. He came in this year mostly out of necessity because of how young this defensive men's group is. And, man, he was good. He was, f- And he's such a fun dude and a fun-loving guy and big smile on his face all the time. And and just he has unbelievable speed, like four, 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 five breakneck speed for an edge rusher. And I felt like he was finally starting to get it and finally starting. And not only being an edge rusher, which is what they kind of said he was when he got here, uh, he made, you know, 60 tackles or whatever it is. I don't have it in front of me, but he's also a pretty, pretty important guy in the run game. So I hate that one, especially because he's got three years of eligibility left. Yeah. And he most likely will end up at a P5 uh, just because they can see the potential in him. And he has a frame that he has another 30 pounds to put on. He's like Elvis Doomerville minus the unbelievable wingspan. Mm-hmm. Still has a really good wingspan, but not that unbelievable reach like Doomerville had because he's not that big of a dude for a – he's 6'2", which is not typically – typically you see six four, six five guys on the edge like that, but he's quick and he gets around. And, and a lot of makeup speed, a lot of things that maybe the casual fan didn't notice is Oluwasi chased a lot of stuff down from behind this year and didn't give up on plays and – that one was a little shocking. I mean, let's be honest here, Jared. We had heard these names, what, two, three weeks ago now? I mean, these exact names we had heard. And, it, you know, I kind of spent some time these last couple of weeks kind of, not to sound like a creep, <laughs> kind of staring at these guys, reading their body language, seeing if there was any cracks in the facade whatsoever. And I didn't see it. Well, and you also, you start looking at their Twitter accounts more, mm-hmm. seeing who they're following, like if they've added anybody new they're following, or if certain coaches aren't following them anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a whole Likes. trend of this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and what they're liking. Yeah. A couple of these guys didn't like the bowl announcement. I mean, a lot of players will go in and like, you know, Wyoming's official announcement of going to a bowl game. These particular players did not. They didn't even – they're not retweeting it. They're not yeah. loving it. They're not doing anything. And like with Cam Stone, we've been talking about this behind the scenes for weeks. We're like – there's no imagery of the Wyoming Cowboys on his Twitter. And it's just true. And Olawasi doesn't really do a whole lot on Twitter anyway. But you know what we did notice? The one thing they retweeted immediately was when Titus Wynn was relieved of his duties a week ago today. Yep. Uh, third one before we get into Titus Wynn a little bit here. Joshua Cobbs. Um, I guess, I mean, how can you be really surprised by these guys? Not that he had a monster year or even was close to Isaiah Nair's status, but... They're just, once again, here we are, the end of the year, talking about how the Cowboys cannot consistently throw the damn football. So, who could blame him? Not one person can blame him for leaving, unless the coaches somehow had told him that things are going to change 100% next year. Maybe whether it's a quarterback, maybe it's whether the passing game is going to be re-engineered like we've heard for two years. <laughs> All that kind of stuff. So, who who really knows what's said behind the scenes? Uh because that's a that that is a closed door policy. Yeah, Wyoming football is. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, and they are told if they say one thing, they're gone. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know, man. I guess I expected a bigger year out of Cobbs, and you know, I wrote some stories during the year. Like, are we worried about Josh Cobbs not catching the football? But on the flip side. Nobody was catching the football because nobody was getting the football. And and that's the same thing we go through every year. And it was it was kind of that way with Sean Chambers early in his career. It was like, what I remember specifically pinning a story called, What's Wrong with Sean? Well, when he did get it near guys, they weren't catching it. 
And this year it's just been I just nobody's getting open. And it's been it's same old story. I mean, what what can you do? I mean, the offense allowed what or the offensive line allowed what? Like 11 sacks this year? Not even a sack per game and you don't have time to survey the field and you don't have time to make some throws. Somebody's not getting open. And some of that you have to blame on the coaching. Yeah. The game plan, one. The actual coaching of the wide receivers, two, because you learn how to create separation. You learn how to do things, or you or the coaching staff inserts certain plays, whether they're crossing patterns across the front where there's Which we never see. Yeah. Picks. I mean, even though picking is illegal, you see it all the time. Yeah. There's a way to um to to blind that out too. Right. And but they just you're right. You just don't see that in the Wyoming offense. Is it amazing to you like it is to me every Saturday when we get a chance to watch football? Hell, even even last Saturday when we watched Fresno State or last Friday night, how easy they make it look. I understand Jay Kaner's good, and I understand he's got a lot of good receivers, but they didn't just accidentally get good. They uh, every underneath route's open. Every they find a way to get open on every play. It wasn't like Jay Kaner was burning them left and right down the field. The when I watch college football, I'm like, damn, these guys make throwing the football look easy. And the only time I can remember this year, Jared, that the Cowboys made it look easy was Air Force when they were playing Air Force. The Falcons DBs were playing ten yards off, and they took what they could, they what they gave them, and they nickel and dimed them all the way down the field. Five to eight yard gains, like the first four or five yeah. plays of the game. Right. What are we doing? <laughs> I just don't. And I, you know, I, maybe I'm crazy, and I, I think like a casual fan where I'm like. How could you hit Joshua Cobbs on a 51-yard go route for a touchdown against Tulsa and never run that play ever again? And I mentioned it on Twitter during the Fresno State game, and I haven't done the research on it. I should. I think that was the first pass interference that the Cowboys have drawn all year long. That's insane. It is. You 12 games in <laughs> and say if it was an average of 15 to 20 pass plays per game. Yeah. I mean... Wow. You got to at least put it in position to go and draw something. You look back at the Boise game, yes. They did draw one up to go deep, just out outstretched right. fingers. Never went back to that play the rest of the game. And that was that was the first drive. I don't even play video games, but are we used to that kind of stuff? Like, hey, that was open. I can't wait to go back to that in like two plays. I don't know about <laughs> two plays, but I think you definitely highlighted something. Hey, we caught him off guard here. Yeah. If we see that formation again. We got to go to it, or switch it to the opposite side yourself. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. You know the thing I've heard because you know I think I just completed my fourth year covering this team and talking to Mike Grant, the pass game coordinator and wide receiver coach, talking to Tim Paulsek, the offensive coordinator, and Brent Vegan and Coach Bowl. They all talk about the route tree and how they have like an NFL type route tree and how tough it is. And I ask him, why don't you dumb dumb it down? It's not working. And they just kind of laugh at me and like, hey, these kids know what they signed up for. They need to learn how to run these route trees. There's got to be a happy medium, right? That's a get off my lawn type of remark there. Yeah. Because you have to go back to basketball. I mean, look at what Linder did in his first year when they score 120 points against San Jose State. The next day, they slow it down within 24 hours yep. and keep it close against the eventual champion, San Diego State. Yep. I mean, you have to adapt with what your talent allows you to play with, not with what you are dictating them to play with. But we we know this. They know this, right? Why is it so damn difficult? 
And it's been this way forever. I mean, since Josh left, and Josh, I know you can talk about his completion percentage, but they threw the ball a hell of a lot more than they do now. He had good receiver. He had really good receivers. Think about all the things Tanner Gentry did for Josh Allen while he was here. Jake Hollister, Jake Mulhart. All three of those guys, yeah. Really good players. But when they were gone, that 2017 team, Josh willed them to a bowl game that year mm-hmm. to beat Central Michigan because it wasn't pretty. C.J. Johnson had his moments. Other than that, <laughs> there wasn't anybody else having moments like that. So bottom line is, and I'm not trying to dump on these receivers because we've seen Wyatt Whelan's had some nice moments. We've seen Will Pellisier's had some nice moments. Cobb's had some good ones. It's not consistent at all. And then when they had a good, consistent one, like Nair last year, they throw him the ball 42 times. When it could have been easily 84 times. (laughs) I mean, easily. Exactly. That guy was so special. You just put it up and go. And I know know, they've told me, coaches have told me this year, we want to make sure everybody's getting involved. When I asked, why has Cobbs, you know, why has Cobbs gone dark? They just said, well, we want to, you know, today was Trayton's turn. And that was against New Mexico. Trayton caught a couple of touchdowns. Trayton Walsh, the tight end I'm talking about. He caught a couple touchdown passes in that game. And I'm like, that's great that he's the feature today, but that means Josh Cobbs is just non-existent today? That's got to be frustrating. (laughs) It's got to be frustrating as hell. It's almost like these guys grew up listening to Cinderella. That great song that they had, don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now they're gonna they're gonna react instead of uh, you know. Oh. Yeah, it's oh, it's um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's no there's no dancing around it, Jared. I mean, and we haven't danced around it. This passing offense is abysmal, and you can't put it all on Peasley. You can't put it all on the on the receivers. You can't put it all on the coaches. But collectively, there's a problem. And you know who's been around here for the whole thing? There's been one guy who's been around here for the whole thing. And it's Craig Bull. And the and he always says the buck stops with me. Don't be talking about my players. Don't blame my players. Well, I'm blaming you. What is going on? You I think I mentioned this last week. I'm not 100%, but Jeff Tedford is about Craig Bull's age or a little older. The head coach at Fresno State. Coach Bull joked that, you know, we're going to go share our AAP cards with each other out at midfield before the game and blah blah blah. And I feel like saying, "Hey, that guy's as old as you are. They have a 3,000-yard passer." But they also have a 1,000-yard rusher, and they've had one every single year that Tedford's been there or the other cat. Every time they've had one. Ronnie Rivers was a really good running back. This cat they have now is a really good running back. Uh, They're obviously the best team in the Mountain West. They're not balanced either. They throw the ball a lot more than they run, but they still run for 1,000 yards. And when you ask Craig Bull about this, not only does he give you the Mike Leach thing saying that you know we all want him to throw it 60 times a game, which is not the case, he brings up that when I got hired here, they told me that, you know, we want to play cowboy tough football, and when it's there's snow on the ground and you're playing Colorado State and you need to get a yard, we're going to be a team who gets a yard. Well, I think Fresno State could probably get a yard too. And are you – Fresno State runs a spread. It seems like Craig is just hates the spread offense or is terrified of it or something, or maybe the coaches don't want to learn this, this stuff. Maybe – Maybe they're the ones who are not – they don't want to learn all that new terminology and they don't want to learn all that new stuff. I don't know. I don't know, but it's it's maddening as hell. And we have seen him go five wide a few times this year, quite a few times. But whatever comes of that, it it almost – it just mostly spreads it out just to give the running back more room to run the ball. Or the quarterback. Yeah. 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 Which is smart. That's fine. But if you're never in five wide, they might catch on to you. They know – well, it's just like (laughs) – first down plays yes and people know what Wyoming is going to do on a first down how can we I mean I just don't understand why this looks so difficult why it is so difficult I I just I don't get it 
I mean, there's no way or either it's that difficult and they can't do it or they're or they have flat swung and missed on their what last four quarterbacks, five quarterbacks. Is that possible? Sean Chambers looks pretty darn good up in Montana State. I had it asked me again the other day, and it's been numerous times since Josh Allen was drafted. How did they not capitalize on a guy getting picked seventh overall? Well, every one of these guys has told me they came here because of Josh, though, but none of these guys have worked out. None of these guys are even close. And we all know, yes, Josh was not great in college. You could see the potential because even after that sophomore year, they were thinking – People were saying that if he, if he came out that year, he was going to be top 10. Yeah. Potential number one. And people were like, where'd that come from? Potential. But, yeah, and he, he did improve the next year, and he's only gotten better except for the, about midseason this year. He kind of digressed a little bit. But, I mean, but there's got to be better quarterbacks out there than, the, than what Wyoming has got. Well, and then they had the embarrassment, of course, of throwing out the help wanted ad on Twitter last year. Um, and I brought it up to Craig, and he went, "Oh God, don't remind me of that." It was stupid. Then why do it? Yeah, it was stupid. It was really stupid. And I'm not dumping on Andrew Peasley here. I thought he was really good, and I thought he was really efficient after the Illinois game. Basically, between the Illinois game leading up to what the Hawaii game. Very efficient quarterback. I want to say he had nine touchdowns, three interceptions, which led the conference, by the way, over a 1,000 yards passing. It was better numbers than we saw out of Levi or Sean the last couple of years. But then the turnover started mounting hardcore, and you had to wonder how injured Andrew Peasley is, was. You know, he's taking a beating. Well, here's Wyoming's pass offense this year. Tenth in the league. Out of twelve. The only two teams behind Wyoming is New Mexico, which is a total rain run based offense. And let me and of guess course, who. Air Force. Yeah. Wyoming was one hundred and thirty eight of two hundred and seventy four. I'm that surprised is it wasn't worse. Fifty point three six percent for fifteen hundred and thirty three yards. An average per attempt of only five point five nine yards per attempt. Can't happen. Eleven picks. 10 touchdowns. Can't happen. Guess what the average per game is? 127. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, I don't I don't know. And and you know those problems, so instead of putting out a help wanted ad and and I will give Craig Bull a lot of credit. He went he actually dipped into the transfer portal last year. He's finally embracing it. Will he ever build this program around it? Hell no. But he has embraced it. Go get some wide receivers. Just go get some new wide receivers and and figure it out. And nothing against the Sean Chambers and the Levi Williams, two guys that are no longer with the program, but the way that that offense was built around them for those guys to run the ball as many times, I don't think that is sustainable at the D1A level. Who else does it? I mean, they're Aside doing from Air Force, and they're doing it at Montana State, but they have two quarterbacks to do it with. Yeah. And it's different level. I, I know they're competitive when they come play D1 schools and all that stuff. It's great. But I don't think that style of offense is is doable yeah. at this level. Yeah. It's not. And the only reason Air Force gets away with it is because of the way that those quarterbacks learn how to take hits. And similar to a Tom Brady, when he, he doesn't take hits in the pocket. Yeah, no. He no. ducks below him. Peyton Manning Peyton. did the same. They got they they did not allow people to hit them. Yeah. 
that's the way the Air Force quarterbacks, for the most part, are are done. They don't take the big hits. Yo. Sometimes they do on a pitch when they don't even have the ball, but new rules have eliminated that for the most part as well. Yeah, yeah. and Sean did. He mentioned Sean Chambers by name when Sean was here that, hey, you know, at first I wasn't telling him to slide, but I remember Sean took on a safety at San Diego State one year in 2019, and it was unnecessary. I think it picked up a yard, an extra yard, and it's like, dude, we know you're a big, tough, strong guy. What are you doing? And Craig was like, I don't want my guy sliding. Then after Sean's numerous injuries, he's like, all right, maybe I need to quit the tough guy stuff. And and this year he quit the tough guy stuff so much that Andrew didn't run very much. And I think that's a huge part of Andrew Peasley's game. Yet yet I think we talked about it. They bring in Jaden Clemens against Boise State. They let him run all over the joint. Well, um, when he gets hurt, what's next? <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, but they let him run all over the joint, and it was just uh, – and I, I guess I it has to come down to that Peasley was that banged up that one more nick that he was. Yeah. And that hip pointer must be worse than we ever imagined and every other thing that he took. I mean, he was a walking wounded leaving that Hawaii game. Oh, totally. And, and BYU, noticeable yeah. limp. He got beat up pretty good that night, and that was the one game they played on natural grass, and believe me, he was uh, covered in grass stains. Um. How much crap did we hear this year that Iowa got for how bad their offense is? If Wyoming was a P5 team, that would have been Wyoming, and they would have got it way worse than Iowa gets it. And I just saw something that actually made me laugh pretty good. I can't remember what bowl game they're in. I was playing somewhere, <laughs> and they said, can you imagine watching Iowa's offense with a quarterback that hasn't even taken a snap yet? <laughs> yeah. Well, can you imagine Wisconsin's quarterback or whatever left for – was it not Michigan's? Michigan's. Yeah, yeah, Michigan's. What is he thinking? <laughs> but who? How many people are saying this about Wyoming though? Saying you're going to go to Wyoming? Why? And if you're a wide receiver and a damn good one who's out in the portal, maybe they might luck out because so many guys are being left in the cold. So somebody might just have to say, "Well, I got to do what I got to do. I got to go to Wyoming and hope like hell they're going to start throwing the football a little more with a little more efficiency." You can still. Th- I don't mind that the Cowboys throw it 25 times a game. You got to connect on twenty of them, at least eighteen. Yeah, and I don't care if they're five yards, ten yards, any of that. You got to keep the defense honest, and they're just not. And and to watch Titus Swin, which I want to get into Titus Swin here, to watch him, he beat his head against a wall like I've never seen against Fresno State. I mean, just and there's rumors out there that he had already, you know, announced his intentions to go in the portal before the Fresno State game. I find that really hard to believe, after knowing Craig Bull for four plus years. I can't imagine a guy saying, oh, by the way, this will be my last game. I'm going to the portal. Even with the Cowboys injuries, I'd imagine Craig going, no, why don't you just go now? And I know I mentioned it last week or the week before saying that I don't think Titus intentionally takes plays off Yeah, or did take plays off. And that was before the Fresno State game I said that. There were a couple times in that Fresno State game where it was like when he got the ball, he would turn his back to the defender and just kind of like go down. Yeah. Like, he didn't want to take on big hits. He got his ass kicked. And then when he goes out on that pass play and just runs over the cornerback and gets an offensive pass interference, he didn't even attempt to look around for the ball. No. Like, he just mowed that guy over. Like, to, just to say, eh, that was fun. <laughs> I just find it hard to believe that Craig would have had a guy with him. I know we saw that with Tyler Vanderwall. He let him, but he knew that he wasn't the future. And the Cowboys were really down to Levi Williams, and that was it. So... I mean, Tyler would have come into that game if need be, emergency-wise. 
and I guess even part of me was expecting because it was turned into a blowout that maybe they'll let Vanderwall come in and nail on the ball. Nope. <laughs> nope. And from all accounts, he was not, uh, you know, it was not a love fest or a thanks for being here kind of situation. But I don't imagine Craig Bull hearing from a guy that he's going to the portal and then beating him into the Fresno State front seven 24 times for 75 yards on Friday night. I mean, it was – he got punished. There were no holes to be found. Yeah, and they those holes started happening late in the game when Fresno State's defense was like, well, we got this one wrapped up. Well, and wouldn't you be preparing? Joey Brash, by all accounts, was healthy. Wouldn't you have given him 24 carries against Fresno State in a meaningless game? And especially if you knew that Titus, Titus was leaving. Was leaving yeah. yeah. So with Titus, from How what – A carry. Yeah, one, even one carry. Yeah, yeah for real. Um, you know, from all I heard on the Titus thing, and I haven't written a lot about it because not not many people want to go on the record with stuff like this, and, and I don't blame them, and I'm not going to write a story littered with anonymous sources and that kind of stuff. I, I don't trust that kind of reporting uh, for the most part, so I would imagine uh, our readership probably doesn't as well, and I respect the hell out of that. But bottom line, Jared, from what I'm hearing, from what you're hearing, it's it's flat-out insubordination. That's why Titus Wynn was dismissed, is by all accounts that I'm hearing. You, and, and he gave quotes to a, another publication, which is unbelievable, um, saying that we didn't see uh, Coach Bull and I didn't see eye to eye, and we didn't, you know, we didn't see eye to eye on the game plan. That tells you all you need to know. We saw Titus with our own eyes smash his helmet down after the Boise State loss at the goal line. He was furious. Did we blame him? Hell no, we didn't blame him. You should be furious. I mean, he hasn't been that close to a title since he's been here. And that play call, when a lot of us thought you should have given Titus at least a chance or two and with 45 seconds and a timeout, and they didn't. So, of course he's pissed, but we saw that, and it turns out that was just kind of starting to see some cracks. And uh, apparently he didn't make it a secret. He was not happy with this offense, and he was not happy with the game plan. And uh, whatever way you want to cut that, and I know a lot of fans aren't happy with the game plan, hell, we're half the time we're not happy with the game plan, but you can't. You can't do it. It's like the military. It's like our job. We can't just go in our boss's office right now and start saying, "Hey, you run this place like crap. You need to fix this, this, and this." And this is a joke. Let me go try real quick. <laughs> but it's insubordination. That's all there is to it. So it you, you, you can't have it. I mean, you can't have it, and it sucks because Titus just cracked the top ten all-time rushing list in Wyoming history and just cracked a, a thousand-yard season. I mean, there's there's obviously a lot more behind the scenes that yeah. we don't know about, and at some point, it'll probably come out, but it'll be off the record just like the 14 guys who left last year. Yeah. Almost every single one of them, you gave them a re- gave you a reason why. Yeah. And it was such good content, but you couldn't print it. No, no. And, and I wouldn't. But, I mean, that's what I'm hearing. And that's what Titus said with his own mouth to that other publication. Yep. So, you know, it sucks. It's, it's sad to see, but I guess – you know, and people, you know, this is one of the arguments I've been seeing about the Titus situation, Jared, and you probably have too. Why would he be pissed? He gets the ball all the time. He's the focal point of the offense. Well, let's give Titus a little credit here. Um, maybe he knows that there's not a shot in hell they're going to win anything if they can't throw the football. And I saw Jalen Pate, God bless Jalen Pate, by the way, who now plays at Northwestern. He's a guy who left last year in the portal as well with his degree in hand. He gets into uh, this Facebook group called Pokes Nation, and he tells people straight up, this is why I left. This is why I think a lot of people left. And they mentioned that today about running the football so much. And he goes, you don't think defensive linemen get pissed off about that too? 
they know it takes a well-rounded offense to win a damn football game. The only thing that, and Craig will say it till he's blue in the face, the reason that he runs the ball so much is because he wants to give defensive the defense a break. They can't go three and out. Yep. Well, it still happens, Craig. Yeah. I mean, you've got to open it up. And they want, and he talks about loosening up the defense and goes, I know it doesn't look pretty and I know it makes people upset, but hey, when we start breaking those 80-yard runs, 60-yard runs, then it looks pretty good, right? Sure. It does look good when it works. When it doesn't work, it looks like Fresno State. Couldn't, what did they complete that night? 11 of 29 balls or something like that and ran for 75 yards? Yeah. A Wyoming football team running for 75 yards? How bad did they lose? 30 to nothing. <laughs> Pretty simple. And it could have been a hell of a lot worse. <laughs> yes, it could have. They were on short fields all night long because of Wyoming's offense. dropped. Yeah, and because of uh, the punt game. And, and yeah. Andrew Peasley, we spoke to him today, and he said we didn't have enough pride in that game. <laughs> Boy, did you nail that on the freaking head. You did. I know they were the walking wounded, and I know they were injured, and I know they let Boise State beat them twice, but you got to have pride. And we can't say that, but Andrew Peasley can. But in the first half, there were four special team snafus. Yeah. And who is the special teams coach? Well, I've heard that too. Craig actually just coaches the kicker, the place kicker. Okay. And the, well, and Clayton Stewart. So he, he coaches the punter and the kicker. I saw that a lot because I think, I think he used to be a big part well, of that they eliminated that the position special team's position right right so shannon moore and and benny boyd are the two shannon moore of course coaches the tight end benny boyd coaches the uh cornerbacks but the first the first kickoff of the game yeah was called to pop it up to the 35 yard line and give that offense a short field and that's respect that's what that's what was explained how about to us. you kick it out of the end zone yeah. and then a lot of times when hoyland's trying to angle those and then when he does get penalized for going out of bounds it's because he's told to kick him to corners. Yes. Let him boot him through the end zone because nine out of ten times he's going to be able to do it. Why, Jared, in this day and age, maybe I'm crazy and I haven't thought this through, but why do you even give anybody a chance, period? And plus, the more times that there's actual runbacks, the more chances there are to give me injuries. That too. And when you have some of your better guys on special teams that maybe they get hurt on a special teams play – Oh, shoot. We're thin at cornerback. We're thin at linebacker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't understand I, why you even attempt it. I know you, I know they had a ton of respect for the kid, but, and obviously Boise State or uh, Fresno State ran a punt back against Boise State in the, in the Mountain West title game last week. But you can't boot it through the end zone? In, nine out of 10 times, Hoyland's going to boot it out of the end zone. Yeah. It's bizarre, man. Um, I guess if you asked me at the beginning of the year, would I be shocked if Titus Swin entered the transfer portal? Uh, probably yes and no. And and yes, because he opted out of the 2020 season with COVID, and he was the only offensive guy to do that. And Craig Bull made it no secret that he was not a fan of the opt-outs and even mentioned we had an offensive guy opt-out who's already had COVID. What the hell is that all about? And, of course, at the time, to give Craig some credit, we didn't know that you could catch COVID multiple times. But his parents are both in healthcare. His dad was, like, in bad shape. Like, he could hear him, like, couldn't breathe across the hall, and he couldn't go in there and do anything about it. And I'm doing this off the top of my head here. There was four guys who opted out that year of COVID, right? I think six. Six, okay. Five or six. And they were all underclassmen? Yes. Freshmen? Yep. So Solomon Bird was one of them. Yep. He comes back. Enters the transfer portal. Vic Jones. Vic Jones enters the transfer portal. Titus Wynn enters the transfer Rome portal. Rome Weber. Rome Weber. 
Claude Cole, no longer with the team. Didn't enter the transfer portal, just is not playing football. But, too, we talked about, and this could go on a whole nother rant and rabbit trail, but those guys also that you just mentioned are all from California. Sorry, and not to get, this is not political whatsoever. Um, COVID looked a hell of a lot different in California than it looked in Laramie, Wyoming. Let's be real. And Titus is from Fort Worth, and his parents are both in the medical field. They both saw this misery straight up. But anyway, Craig was not happy with these opt-outs at all. And he said some stuff that was pretty shocking. And that leads you to believe that were were their lives made harder when they did come back? I think they probably had to earn some things, but I'm shocked he even came back. And Titus came back in 2021. Came back and obviously had a great year this year. Not his best year, I will argue. He could have been a hell of a lot better. Uh, dealt with a lot of injuries. Um, but he came back. So I thought, shoot, if he could make it through that and his head coach saying some questionable things and his you know family being you know sick, and I thought, he ain't, he's here for the long haul. And he told me in the offseason, like, hey, I want to make some NIL money. And I'm not saying that's why he left, but he was honest about it. And uh, what else could you ask for? I mean, you got to be honest. So I was not I was shocked a little bit in that regard, but I was not shocked at all because of what Xavion Valade just did. And Titus is going to walk out of Laramie with his degree, just like Xavion Valade did. And X had an unbelievable year at Arizona State. That place was an absolute train wreck, and the one bright spot was Xavion Valade. He still had a thousand plus. <laughs> yeah. He had a really good year. And you know what? I hope he gets drafted. I, I know there's not a big you know, emphasis on running backs these days in the NFL, but I hope he gets drafted. I hope he sticks with somebody because I love that kid, and he gave it his all at Wyoming. And he's certainly not a guy you point at and say, well, you know, he left. On the bright side. Where's that? There is a little bit of a bright side. <laughs> I truly believe this running back room, yeah. the depth, yeah. is the most talented in Wyoming football history. Well, and that's yeah. saying a lot. That is. I mean, you look back at uh, Terrence Hendricks, who was, I believe he was the WAC freshman of the year. He had like 900 yards his freshman year. And then here comes Ryan Christopherson. Who almost him. left. Yeah. Who almost because left. of Terry Hendricks. Yep. He, he was like, I'm never going to crack the lineup here. And then he just works his tail off. Yeah. And they share, their share carry, carries for a lot of it. And then all of a sudden, Ryan's drafted yeah. by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Other than that particular running back room, I can't think of a deeper. Because there were some other guys on that 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 could play too. They just were kind of outcasts, to be honest with you. Um, But this running back room, so you go Swen, McNeely, DQ James, Brosh, Jordan Vaughn, and LJ Richardson. Richardson. Yeah. I mean, these guys, there's six guys in a running back room that they any of them could play at any given time. Yeah. I totally agree. If I could throw in one other tandem, or a couple more tandems, Wynell Selden and, and uh, Devin Moore. Devin Moore. Light, thunder and Lightning. Really good one-two punch. And another one that's super underrated and we don't think about, and I, I don't know, even know if this is coming to your head right now. I mean, we never think about this duo because it didn't seem like a duo. Brian Hill and Sean Wick. I was, yeah. Sean Wick's in the top eight, I think, seven. Yep. All-time rushing yards in Wyoming history. That dude did that behind Brian Hill. Very quietly did that behind Brian Hill. And another guy who's going to get lost in the annals of time, I guess, uh, just slipped on his name, Nico Evans. He was really good, too. Yeah, and Xavion Volade was his backup, like third string. If Nico Evans didn't have those rib injuries, yeah, 
that guy. He was really yeah. good. And you know what? He sat on the bench till what, late in his junior year? And Something I, like that? I think that cost Wyoming the Washington State game. Yeah. When he went down. Yeah. Because they had no answer. I mean, they knew exactly what Wyoming could do. But Nico back there, mm-hmm. he made that, that game different. Right. But anyway, I just Re- wanted to put that in there. Yeah, really good running backs. And speaking of that, DQ James and Dwight McNeely, Tom Berman announced today they are not going to be available for the Arizona Bowl. Oh, by the way, did you know Wyoming's going to a bowl game? <laughs> They're going. Oh, I, oh, we're going to mention that we were going to talk about that? Um, and just – Ham, hammer that at home again. It's because they're injured, folks. It's not because they're entering right, the portal. Right, right. They are injured. <laughs> yeah, Wyoming will take on the Ohio Bobcats December 30th. Kickoff at 2.30 inside Arizona Stadium there in Tucson. Great bowl, fun place. Bear down. Uh, yeah, it'll be. Uh, I had a lot of fun at the last one. I know that. But uh, DQ and Dwyane not available. So uh, Andrew Peasley talked about it today. Really excited. This is Joey Brash's chance. And he talked about how special he is, how big he is, how fast he, sneaky fast he is. He also mentioned how big Jordan Vaughn is, uh, 6'2", 240. I mean, Garrett Crawl told me it was like tackling Travis Henry type of situation when it comes to Jordan Vaughn. So would love to see him get some carries. He's a kid out of the Houston area. L.J. Richardson, a true freshman out of Omaha, uh, he might get some reps too. And, uh, you know, they even mentioned Dalton Strauss would be another guy who maybe gets some work during this time. And and it is good. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to hate playing on December 30th, but there's some good reasons, too. They're going to get a lot of practice in. This is still a very young team. And keep in mind, guys, the portal just opened today. Wyoming lost three starters, which makes it seem like the sky is falling. Last year was much worse at this time. I, I know it was after the bowl, but, I mean, when they started coming out, I couldn't keep up. This time, I know from a journalistic standpoint, <laughs> I was able to put all three of these guys in one story. One story. Last time, it was like, okay, got a story done. Oh, no, another one, another one, another one. And they just kept coming. And they were hugely impactful players who are being hugely impactful players at their new homes. And I remember you telling me, you know, I really want to focus on some basketball right now because they're doing so well, but I can't. <laughs> no, no chance. No chance. I will tell you, and I might have said that on, on, on this podcast before, I was on the field. Craig Bull just got a bucket of French fries dumped on his head last year in Boise. Uh, I look up. Levi Williams is throwing potatoes in the crowd. They're accepting their trophy. You know, Wyoming just, after a total laid egg against Hawaii in the season finale, they come out and put up, what, 52 points or something on Kent State, win that game. Levi Williams just broke a all-time Division One record of running for 200 yards and scoring four touchdowns or whatever it was. And I finally take a chance to look at my phone, and it's parents, a few parents of a few players saying, my son just entered the transfer portal. He just told Peter Priggy that uh, he's entering the portal. And you're like, what the hell's the portal? <laughs> I'm thinking, oh my God. Because if you remember last year at this time, only Keon Blankenbaker left. And he entered the portal before the bowl game and didn't play in the bowl game. And Coach Bowl was awesome about Keon, said we had a great conversation. He played a lot of good football here. And he even said that he would play in the bowl game. Yeah. yeah and and he gone. said, nope, I'm sorry, yeah, I can't let you. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're gone. And now he's at Texas Tech and, and – uh, but then, man, the floodgates opened. They, they, I was literally on my way to go do interviews with Bull and Levi Williams, and I think Chad Mumo was up at the podium. And I'm sitting there. My whole story is about to be about you know a couple of dudes. Couple, I, I couldn't write that story anymore. <laughs> Knowing what I knew at the time, there's no way in hell I could write that story. So I actually 
drove home after the bowl game. I knew I needed to get home to Cheyenne, and there was no, and I drove, and there was no, like, kicking up there writing when I knew that, hey, your best wide receiver just entered the portal, uh, quarterback just entered the portal, um, we got some trouble brewing here, and I need to get home. And Wyoming, you're right, Wyoming basketball was playing in that Christmas tournament in Hawaii. I am ashamed to say I didn't see a single dribble. I remember I uh, was updating you on things. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> not one dribble did I see. Came home and slept for a few hours, and it was portal time. And and like you mentioned, Jared, I talked to almost every one of those guys. And they all had their different reasons. And these guys that left today, I'm sure, have their different reasons. I did notice a couple of fans are <clears throat> sticking to me about this Texas thing. Um, all three of the guys that entered the portal today are from Texas. Titus Wynn, who also entered the portal today, although dismissed from the team, is also from Texas. Um, Jared, you and I talked about it before we came on the air. Craig Bull mentioned when he – and I'm not saying this is it, but I'm, we're just we're just talking out loud. Um, Craig Bull mentioned when he took this job that he was not going to recruit Texas, and not heavily, certainly, um, because so many guys left Dave Christensen's teams that were from Texas. Fair or not, that's just what Craig saw. And he didn't recruit Texas for, what, the first three years he was here? And I want to say the only two Texas guys on the roster when Wyoming played in the Mountain West title game was Chase Appleby and Lucas Waka, who came with the last regime. So he wasn't recruiting Texas. And one about left. One of those players. Oh, yeah. 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 So, Yo, Chase Appleby yeah. flat out said he, he wasn't playing. So he almost left. And if he leaves, I mean, we're not talking about a safety against Boise State. We're not talking, probably not talking about a Mountain West Championship appearance. So he, he stayed out of Texas. And then we also hear this narrative that, you know, these Texas guys in the locker room are super close. And who could blame them? I know the Colorado guys are close. The Wyoming guys are close. I mean, that's what happens. You have commonalities when you're living in Laramie, Wyoming, and you're from the same state. Uh, for, uh, the other narrative out there is that some of these players were not happy that Titus Swin got dumped. And um, is that part of it? I don't know. I mean, we don't know that. That's why I'm saying we're just talking out loud here. And then the bottom line is, guys, they're all from Texas. They just are. I mean, it's a coincidence. They're all from Texas. But is it a coincidence? That's what we're talking about here. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, said it earlier, it's going to come out at some point, whether it's on the record or off the record. At least Cody will know about it. <laughs> Maybe you guys will too. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, but, you know – you can't blame these guys. They, they got to do what's best for them, best for their families. Yes, we all know as fans it sucks. Um, they should be held to a certain level of um, commitment. Uh, but why should they be held to a level of commitment if coaches never are? Yeah. Coaches have been able to do this exiting as long as they've had contracts. Yep. Um, and players within the last two years finally can do that themselves too. Yep. And good for them. Now, And it's going nowhere. Is there should be some sort of rep repercussions if it's illegal the way that some of these kids are getting recruited? Not now. I'm not saying it's happening at the Wyoming level, but there is flat out under the table offers being made to these players. In fact, I'll bring one up. Chad Muma. He mm. had offers from SEC teams. Bags of cash. Guaranteed starting positions. <laughs> going into his senior year, and he he held. His commitment to Wyoming. Yeah. He knew he was going to the NFL, whether but he, that, no matter where he was. That kind of stuff that's going on underneath the table, behind the scenes, you would think that there's got to be some some sort of rules in place 
say that laughingly, rules in college sports, right? But that they have to pay back that school for those two years or one year of tuition. The place they go has to pay it. Yeah, yeah, something because they just because now you put all that money into recruiting these certain players, and you've paid them two years of their schooling or whatever it may be. Now, if they're graduates, obviously that's great. Or if they maybe they leave in good academic standing, that's another reason too. Yeah, that they don't have to. But there's got to be something in place to even this playing field. Well, nothing's going to do it, Jared, until it happens to one of the big boys, and even to the. the oh, it is though. It is, but I mean, to where it really impacts them, and and we kind of heard it with Jimbo Fisher and and Nick, Nick Saban, Saban stuff yeah. this off season. But who cares? They just go out and recruit the next guy. Uh, speaking of, just got a uh, beep on the old phone. Olawasia Motor Show is blessed to receive an offer from Oregon State University. Already. Four hours? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Already. It's crazy, man. It's so oh. crazy. Uh, see if anything else has happened here. Uh, Cam Stone just tweeted his uh, his official submission has been granted. Well, let's, anyway, <laughs> let's move in or er, forward into the uh, bowl game, if you don't mind. <laughs> I keep forgetting that there's a bowl game, and to be to be fair, Jared, I haven't really looked into Ohio, and we don't a, need to <laughs> a ton yet. Yeah, I mean, we have time here. Just, um, but they are playing the Ohio Bobcats. Uh, they're very good team out of the MAC. Very good. Yeah, nine and four, I believe they finished this year. They just played in the MAC title game. Got off to a really rough start. They won what two of their first five games. They got boat raced by Penn State and Ohio State or Iowa State, and um, bounced back. Man, seven game winning streak. Uh, they have a great quarterback who throws the ball over the yard, which is also scary about losing in a motor show and a Cam Stone because um, they throw it a lot and they have a lot of receivers. I want to say I wrote a little bit about them the other day. I want to say they have five receivers or four receivers who've at least caught two hundred plus yards worth of balls. Something like that. They, and they have a 1,000-yard back. They're, they have a really good offense. So um, Cowboys have their work cut out for them for sure. Um, well, especially when you look at who we know who's going to be on the field for Wyoming as of when we're recording this show on Monday. Yeah. Uh, Joey Brosh is going to be your starting running back most likely. He's only carried the ball 29 times for 95 yards. Uh, 91, excuse me. He had a four-yard loss in there. So uh, his long is 11 yards. Um, other than that, you have uh, the both quarterbacks, Peasley and Clemens, and then Pellisier and Wheeland. Which Pellisier has been beat up quite a bit. Yeah, and, I mean, put in Driscoll. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> um, and then in the passing game, I mean, your number one receiver, Joshua Cobbs, 470 yards, gone. Wyatt Wheeland is number two. Parker Christensen, three. Welch, um, four. And then you got Swen at number five. He's gone. DQ James is eight. He's gone. Yeah. Out with injury. So, I mean, it's going to be a very thin offense, but you did see some bright spots in that Fresno State game with two tight ends mm -hmm. that you probably never even heard of before. Yeah. Nick Miles and John Michael Gillenborg. Catch some balls, and yeah. they were good routes. Yeah. Marcotte even caught a ball. Yeah. Um, that was all without trading Welch. Which we have no updates on any of these injuries too from Fresno State, um, aside from DQ and and McNeely will not be playing in this game. But you, I mean, it might be just be a a, a true run game, and which tight end is going to pass or catch the ball? Yeah, because I mean, you have Alex Brown, but 
I don't know if he's going to yeah, play. Yeah, who, who know if he's going to play, so. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if you're going to take any bright spots out of this, I mean, let's be real. Bowl games now, think what you want. Of course you want to win. I mean, you want to win that game. But with this team, is it almost more more beneficial to have all those 15 practices? Absolutely, and reward them with a trip to Arizona. And it is, you know, they've always been a rewarding type of a deal. I remember the the 93 team that got to play K-State uh, in Tucson in the Copper Bowl. Mm-hmm. And they had a lot of fun down there. Just put it that way. That team had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. And that might be the reason they got boat raced, too. Well, I heard about another team that had a lot of fun down in uh, at the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> got beat up pretty good by Oklahoma that um, week with no coach to watch after them. But we all know that bowl games anymore, they don't – I mean, other than the, the top ten bowl games, they don't care about how many seats are sold. No. I mean, each school does because they have to – they have to sell so much out of it. And Berman lot, right? mentioned that today. Buy your tickets through the university. And I wanted to make sure <laughs> yeah. to mention that again, too. Yeah. Folks, if you're going to that game, get on to the Wyoming Athletics website, goyo.com, and buy your tickets through Wyoming. You can. They're 50 bucks, I believe, two years ago when I went. Yeah. I mean, I had a blast down there, by the way, too. Good food. Great place. Good drinks. And the weather was Pretty good. It was really good on game day for yeah, game sure. Day, yeah. So, oh. but if you're going to go buy your tickets and support the Wyoming allotment, because they have to sell an X amount. If they don't sell that X amount, they take that in the shorts. So please buy your tickets yeah. through Wyoming. So we had heard what two days ago, we had a pretty good idea that it was eh, probably four days ago we heard that it was the Arizona Bowl, but a couple days ago we had a pretty good idea it was going to be Ohio. Um, did you get a little nervous because they weren't announcing the Boise Bowl? They weren't announcing the Potato Bowl yet, and then you see New Mexico doesn't even take a Mountain West team? No, I, I, I mentioned it before. The Mountain West has done such a good job of not sending a team back to the same place twice, yeah. especially in a cold-weather bowl. They're not going to do that to anybody. Uh, I, just, I know that for a fact. Yeah. Um, so I, did not, I didn't think that way at all. But New Mexico Bowl not taking a Mountain West team – was surprising. No, well, a couple if you of teams heard you... that matchup is BYU SMU, and yeah. that's made for TV, obviously. It's a really good, you know, old Holiday Bowl rematch. You know, the Metroplex isn't that far from Albuquerque. You know, there's Mormons everywhere that'll go watch BYU and support BYU. They have a good fan base, national, you know, national brand, all that good stuff. <laughs> so and they'll probably break attendance record. Yeah, it should be good. Um, I don't know about Ohio. I have no idea, honestly. I, Mac, when I hear Mac, I think of their own home stadiums empty, so I sure can't imagine they're coming all the way to Tucson. Um, I don't know how many bowl games Ohio's even been to. I don't know if this is a special thing where they're, you know, I did cover an Ohio game once, a Mac title game in Detroit against Western Michigan, and, you know, the lower bowl of Ford Field was full when there was actually a local team playing in it, and you know, Detroit, for those of you who don't know, is pretty much on the Ohio border. So that was a little stunning to me <laughs> to see that uh, Ford Field wasn't even half full. Um, just saw another tweet. Sorry, my phone keeps blowing up here. Uh, with the news of a Moda show already being looked at by Oregon State, uh, some guy said, tampering much? <laughs> do you think it's a tampering thing, or do you think guy, these programs have now adjusted where they this is bigger than signing day, and they are sitting at 
tables right now going, this guy just entered, look him up. I did read somewhere, and I cannot remember where it was because I want to go find that article again, that they are pretty sure that the wave of the future is some of these teams probably are already out there scouting talent anyway, and plus you can watch any TV broadcast and really say, oh, that guy stands out. We need to get get mm-hmm. on that guy. Yeah. But they are probably going to allow football teams and maybe even basketball teams to have a scout or two on their staff that would be traveling to other games to actually scout these kids in, in person. Yeah, it's a good they, point. It's probably going to happen. Teams that can afford that type of situation, I suppose. So back to the Ohio Bobcats real quick. This will be their uh, 14th bowl game. Okay. I didn't give them enough credit, I suppose. Uh, they are 5-8 and eight overall. Uh, they did defeat – they did not go to a game in 20 or 21, their last bowl game. Um was in sorry sorry 2019 in the Idaho Potato Bowl where they defeated Nevada 30 to 21. Okay. Well, my first thought when it was Ohio was hey Frank Zolich of course they just named the field after him in Ohio and in Athens and good for them much deserved um, class act dude obviously him and Craig Bull have a have a tie and and uh, I don't know if Frank if that what their age difference is I, I can't remember if Craig played for Frank or if they both just coached together. But they're good friends. I think they coach together. And then Tim Albin, the head coach of Ohio, currently was on a staff at Nebraska with Craig Bull as well. So there are some ties as far as that go. Plus, these two teams, they just played in 2007 and 2008, and those were a couple of too-close-for-comfort situations. Yeah, One-point wins, both of them. I remember the game at Ohio, the radio broadcast. They had Dave and Kevin had to do that entire broadcast via their cell phone. Did they all back then? Something, their hookups in the stadium didn't match with what Wyoming had, or it just went out that particular day. But they did that entire broadcast on their cell phones. Wow. Yeah. Didn't that just happen recently too? Uh, basketball game the other day. Yeah. Uh, at down at Salt Lake. Yeah, college yeah, against Santa Clara. They the first twenty minutes of the pregame, uh, they couldn't get it figured out. Wow! That company who did that game needs to. They need to not allow that company to work with college basketball games anymore. <laughs> you anyway, know, you know what? And I asked uh, Hunter Maldonado after the game the other night. Uh, you know how frustrating was that to be sitting at home watching that game on TV like the rest of us, and you you couldn't do anything about it. And he goes, watching on TV. Flow Sports is 30 bucks a month. Yeah. I didn't, you know, I'm not watching on TV. I'm like, nobody could hook Hunter Maldonado up with a free code for Flow Sports to watch his own team play? Impermissible gift. Come on. <laughs> Are those things now? Well, he could he could have endorsed them. <laughs> yeah, true, true. That's what they should have done. No. Flow is ridiculous for not doing that. No doubt. Uh, did you go to that game in Athens, by the way? No, I did not. I heard it's a great town. I heard it's an awesome party town. I think you fly into West Virginia, if I'm not mistaken. And maybe the team even stayed in West Virginia Hmm. because it's just over the border. Oh, okay. I I didn't even know. West Virginia or Kentucky. I mean, what, Ohio's got, what, 17 and a half Division I football programs? Nine, right? (laughs) I think so. Nine Division I football (laughs) programs. A lot. Outside of California and Texas, it's got to be right there. (laughs) No doubt. Go through these other bowl games real quick. Um, We're not going to do any predictions. Way too early. Yeah. 
Unless there's something blatantly first, obvious. First day of transfer portal. Well, is anybody news. else, uh, is the sky falling anywhere else in America <laughs> right now? Uh, Washington State will take on Fresno State in the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. That'll be a good game. It will Should be. be. Should be a Should really be. good game. Um, and then we'll go on the same day, December 17th, North Texas versus Boise State in the Frisco Bowl. <sighs> How about that game? North Texas dismisses their coach after they played in the, in the championship game. I saw that. I, I think he they really bit it hard late in the year, though. I think it, I think they really took a tumble late. Ooh. Boise State's going to unfortunately roll in that one, and you know they got a bad taste in their mouth. They did not play well. I'm guessing there's going to be a few Boise State players that don't play in that game, though. Yeah, maybe. Speaking of the transfer portal, who's going to take Taylor Green? Come on, somebody get on that kid. He announced. Oh, <laughs> uh, he is. He is going to be a problem. Uh, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl on December 20th. San Jose State will take on Eastern Michigan. How many people are going to be at that game? Over or under 2,000. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be... Actual attendance? Boise State couldn't even sell out the championship, championship game. game at home last week. So there the... will be under 2,000 people, actual actual people in the stands. Unless oh. it just happens to be a 45-degree sunny day. It's at 3.30 in the afternoon. People are bored stiff. I'm telling you, man, I, I lived in Michigan for two years. I never saw one person wearing Eastern Michigan garb. <laughs> Not one. My wife even worked in Ypsilanti, and she had no idea where Eastern Michigan was, and she went to Central Michigan. But that field's so beautiful and gray. <laughs> yeah. Especially with protesters on it. Ugh. Good Lord. I hope Wyoming never plays there again. December 22nd, the Armed Forces Bowl. Guess who? Yeah. Air Force versus Baylor. Good game. That could be a really good game. Under the radar good. Yep. I agree. I wish Wyoming was playing in Texas. I agree, and I was <laughs> lobbying for it indirectly before, too. Uh, the Hawaii Bowl, San Diego State will go take on Middle Tennessee. Man, what a trip for Middle Tennessee, huh? Yeah. They're not uh, too shabby, though. They had a nice little year. They did. They had sure. a couple upsets. Really nice one down in Fort Collins. Yes. Uh, December 27th, the first responder uh, Texas Bowl, uh, Memphis against Utah State. In some ways, it almost seems like Air Force and Utah State got better bowl games than Wyoming and Boise State. Yeah. Kind of. I, I, I guess Tell now, you what. now that Wyoming is not playing in Memphis or somebody like that, yeah. you wouldn't want to. Really impressed with Utah State, by the way. How easily they could have laid an egg this year. Totally agree. I, and I wonder if Cooper Lagaz plays in Laramie if that game turns out differently. I don't think so because they can't stop Wyoming's running game, but it might have been a different story. I mean, they had an absolute daisy fresh, true freshman in there. I look at Cooper Legasso. He makes some boneheaded mistakes, though. Yeah. I mean, just as many as the, the true freshman did. Yeah. How impressive, though, that Utah State turned their season around the way they did. I mean, they were they got smoked at home by Weber State. What, 35-7? Yep. They turned that thing around, get bowl eligible. They gave the, – the score does not indicate the the issues they gave Boise State in that finale, too. Or, I guess, go back to Levi Williams if he's healthy. Yeah. If what that game looks like. Right. Yeah, exactly. Could have been a whole different ball game. What other, Do you want to run down some other bowls? Uh, sure. I mean, of course, uh, we all know the big ones. Uh, the Fiesta Bowl semifinal game is Michigan against TCU, which happens to be the day after Wyoming plays in Tucson. Hmm. So if people are going to make that trip, I mean, it's going to be a hefty price tag. I actually looked to see what tickets are to that Fiesta Bowl. 
cheapest one I could find was 177 standing room. Oh, wow. Seats were like 298. Not if you get a press pass. True. <laughs> but would they grant you one? Uh, I don't know. Especially both of us. <laughs> I've, been to st- I've been to that stadium, and they actually, I went to a Cardinals-Titans game there, and they actually had prime rib buffet at halftime. Well, you know, go back to the year after I did the trophy. I'm back here with Wyoming, and Wyoming plays at LSU in basketball, and it happens to be the day uh, after the Sugar Bowl when uh, Miami is playing Florida. Mm-hmm. so The fight in the street game? Um, I don't know if it was that or not. I just remember I called the Sugar Bowl guy up that I had a good relationship with my meeting with him the year before. He goes, heck yeah, how many you need? Gave us three press passes. Uh, they, ha- they have beer in their press box at the Dome. No no shocking there. I mean, it is New Orleans. Uh, you don't see working press drinking during the game, but there's, yeah. of course they're after the game, they're having a beer, typing their story. And stuff we like should that. maybe uh, try this. But I remember I we went, fun. Dave and Kevin and I got to go to that game, went down on the field after the game, had hmm. a great time. I think we should try and go go to this. I'd love to go and see TCU win that game. All right, twist my arm. <laughs> um, and then the, some other uh, New Year's six, I guess you can call them games. Uh, the Rose Bowl, Utah against Penn State. When Utah put a pounding on USC. And I don't even know if, even if Caleb Williams is healthy, does USC win that game? I don't don't know. know. I don't know, man. The Bolitnikoff award winner disappears. The Heisman candidate quarterback is hurt. Which Caleb Williams is probably going to win the Heisman regardless. And Max Duggan probably should be the runner-up TCU quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cotton Bowl, USC against Tulane, which is kind of sneaky good. I like that. I man. really do. <laughs> I like that a lot. Two lanes, unis. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I love them. Heck, and they're playing close to home. Yep. That could be good. Uh, Sugar Bowl, speaking of close to home for Tulane, Alabama against Kansas State. Got to root for Kansas State. Ugh. I don't know, though. So, Kansas, you bring up Kansas State, of course. Their coach was at North Dakota State. He's the coach who followed Craig Bull in Fargo. Chris Kleiman. Chris Kleiman. I don't watch enough Kansas State football, and I asked a, I asked somebody this the other day. Are they comparable? Is Kansas State – how's their passing game? Are they running the ball? I know that Deuce kid is really important to their offense, their running back, but – Who just signed an NIL deal with Porsche? No, oh, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Porsche, uh, excuse me. But are they – I mean, somebody explained it to me like this. It looks like Craig Bowles' offense in a lot of ways, but with better players. Better talent, yeah. Um, more consistent offensive line play, and I did watch a lot of that game, but I can't tell you how many passes they had. I mean, did it look like Wyoming when you were watching it? I mean, did anything stick out to you that, hey, this is – I've seen this before. To me, naked I know. Yeah. But I wasn't really looking for it either, I guess. So, What's the other other big main playoff game? I don't think you mentioned that one yet. Oh, you mean the Georgia uh, and Oh, did I skip right over Georgia, that? Georgia, Ohio State. I did. Georgia, Ohio State, number one against number four in the Peach Bowl, which is in Georgia's backyard in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. How about that game? It's red on red. Yeah. And there's um there's another game that was Tennessee and Clemson in the Orange Bowl. Orange, orange. on orange <laughs> in the Orange Bowl. That'll be a good one too. Um do you think Ohio State, I mean, that's obviously the talking point today across every radio station in the world, right, is Ohio State jumps in over USC? 
Well, my question would be to boo the guy, you know, the playoff committee and or Tom Berman. What their thinking was if USC was solidified at number four going into the weekend, how how can they how can somebody else play their their way in when they didn't play like in Ohio State? Right. But somebody could play their way out? Yeah. I, I don't understand. Why have them at number four then? If they only lose on a walk-off field goal to Utah, are they still in? Or is it the way they lost to Utah? That's a good question. And maybe they knew indirectly that Caleb Williams' hamstring is a lot worse than, and he won't wouldn't be able to come back for a bowl game anyway. I, I don't know. It's but how and th- but they don't even just drop out from fourth to fifth. They dropped to number seven. Yeah. I mean it's. Yeah. I mean that that means Alabama and they in their mind Alabama and Tennessee was already better than. Well, than speaking them. of Alabama, I'm sure you've heard Nick Saban's plea. Um, he's kind of got a point. You you want the four best teams? I think we all agree that Alabama would probably be the favorite against the field, aside from maybe Georgia. And that's the point, right? To get the four best teams, and then he also pitches that we lost two games on the last second on the road to top ten teams. Our quarterback was not healthy. We played our best football at the end of the year. You know, obviously TCU didn't. Obviously Ohio State didn't. Obviously USC didn't. Part of it, too, is probably is like, all right, this is only the first time that Clemson and or Alabama hasn't played in the playoffs. Yeah. Good riddance. I mean, yeah, I mean, some I'm, new blood in there. I'm not I, fighting for Alabama. Yeah, I'm just I like curious. It. I just wish it wasn't Ohio State. That I, got know, in. I know, I know, I <laughs> know. I'm not a Buckeye. But boy, did they look so unimpressive against Michigan. They were getting hit with big play after big play and that on was the Michigan's ground. Backup running back. Yeah, on the ground it's not even through the, the air. Trophy candidate running back. Yeah, and they were saying Michigan wouldn't be able to throw in yeah. that game, and they made them look silly in that one. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, one last uh, bowl game that I wanted to discuss was the Cincinnati. Where is that? Cincinnati-Louisville game. Cincinnati just plucked Louisville's coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Louisville's going in with a coordinator as an interim head coach. Cincinnati has a coordinator as an interim, interim yeah. head coach, unless Fickle's already asked some of those guys to go to Wisconsin and start recruiting. Yeah. So who knows what that game. But it's the Fenway Bowl in Boston, yeah. and it's December 17th. I don't think. Neither of those two teams or fan bases really care. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think they're ready to start anew. Um, did want to mention a couple of, obviously, a couple of new stories on the website today. Uh, the trio of Wyoming starters entering the transfer portal, obviously the big news today. Also had a chance, like I mentioned, to talk to Tom Berman today. Uh, that story is called, Transfer Portal is a part of our life for eternity. And that is a quote from Tom Berman. That is the truth. Another thing what we mentioned, if you've been following us this whole time, the Texas thing we mentioned about all these dudes being from Texas, Tom Berman did have a quote that also made me think of that, where he said, you know, hey, a lot of these guys who are leaving are not from the region. Uh, is that another dig? It maybe we need to start recruiting harder in the region, or we need to start doing our homework more. And he did mention we need to figure out if these guys are coming to stay, and if they're not coming to stay and we still take a chance on them, can they help us immediately? Like true freshmen, redshirt freshmen, can they play and be impactful early if we know we're going to lose them? And does Craig Bull even get those guys in the first place? Yep. I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, reading into reading into that a little bit. 
Um, I, I'll be honest with you. I think one of the biggest hits that Wyoming took in the transfer portal is Stephen Buchanan from the wrestling team. <laughs> How dirty Ain't that, that went down. And yeah. I don't know if we'll ever get the full truth on that, but he did follow his assistant coach that went to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. He went down there. So there was something that he didn't follow him earlier that he waited until the last minute to go. Yeah. And he's not going to be eligible this year. He won't be eligible until the 23 season. But that, Wyoming Wrestling took a huge hit there. I mean, this guy was ranked number two in the country. Uh, potential that he could have been number one by now because the Penn State guy got beat over the weekend. Um, just a little bit of wrestling news. And I think that one hurts worse than anything. Yeah, and it's no secret. I mean, I, I just I don't know a lot about wrestling. I wasn't raised on it. Um, but knew Stephen Buchanan was special, obviously, um, and saw that Mark Branch was not very happy on social media no, about this whole thing. There were a lot of other people that yeah. he associated with. Yeah. Um, and I like a lot of these, I don't know if you want to call them experts or whatever, uh, were saying, well, have you ever been to Laramie in the wintertime? Well, you Stephen wrestle outside. Buchanan is from Wisconsin. Right, right. Winters are a hell of a lot more harsh in Wisconsin than they are in Laramie, Wyoming. <laughs> yes, they are. So don't come with that as come at us with weather and stuff so uh, yeah um, and you don't wrestle outside real quick back to the barstool bowl just yes so for those of you who do not know that bar what barstool sports is they're Me. an online platform it's it's a it's a media it's a media company yeah they started out they started a long time ago and the founder and chief of content they also call him el presidente dave portnoy is a multimillionaire. he take him with a grain of salt He's a funny guy. He's also somewhat annoying at times, but he's doing it for content. He's a University of Michigan grad, loves the Wolverines. Um, he he's funny. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. And but it is a it's an online platform. This game is going to be available not over the air TV, but any new TV you can download the Barstool app and get it. It'll be on their Facebook page. Free. Yes, free. It's not a like pay-per-view charge for a bowl game, guys. Um, so, and they, it's all about creating content. When they came to the Arizona Bowl to put in a bid to be the sponsor of this, the Arizona Bowl is like, let's be the first, let's be the first bowl game to do this. And it's all about creating content and grasping the younger demographic to watch this game. Yeah. There is going to be more social media interaction for this game and I'm going out on a limb here, than the other five Mountain West associated bowls yeah. combined. That's combined? just that's yeah. just where they that's the way that they angle this. Well, and it's a youth thing, right? It a is. A lot of young kids. You see in their Twitter profile they're a Barstool athlete, which I believe Barstool sends them sends clothes them to wear. Clothes, yeah. So this is I, I know Andrew Peasley spoke on it a little bit that he's excited. He mentioned that it should be funny, uh, some funny stuff. I, I don't personally know anything about Barstool sports. And maybe it's because they don't necessarily cover the Wyoming Cowboys, so I don't... Well, there is a Barstool Wyoming uh, yeah. writer, but and, and so-called content guy, but yeah, sure. he's, he's he's not getting paid. Sure, sure. <laughs> he's just somebody who's like, hey, I'll do this. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Um, but so they have a, they also have a deal called Rough and Rowdy, which is little people fighting and redneck fighting. <laughs> it's... It's actually pretty funny. I mean, you get two rednecks in a ring just going at it, and they talk so much smack before the game or before the matches. It's it's funny. 
Um, they also have, you know, of course, the Arizona Bowl. They have um, Coach Prime, as in Deion Sanders. He is employed. He gets paid by Barstool. Um, he 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 does NFL picks for them. Hmm. Um, he's not live in so-called studio when they're doing these on Sunday mornings, but they have a cutout of him yep. sitting there, and then they have his face on screen. Hmm. So he does that, and now we'll see you allow him to still do that. Most likely, because it's going to help recruiting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they already admitted they can't afford him. Yeah. <laughs> and they also have Barstool uh, Casinos opening up kind of at a rapid pace. Uh, I know New Orleans has one. Uh, uh, Arizona just had one open up. Uh, someplace in Ohio or... Is the Arizona one around Tucson? I think it's in the Phoenix area, because I believe there they do have to be on the, the reservation. Sure. To yeah. be legal, so... Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's and maybe 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 there is one down in Tucson, but I think it was in near Scottsdale. So maybe you know this, but I have heard some blowback on this from some people, especially some some females. They do not love barstool. Any idea why? I I don't know. I would have to look into that more. I'm sure there's been some less than positive things said. I, I'm just guessing. Uh, I know they have a lot of females who work for barstool. Wasn't uh, that the rumor, though, last year why Boise State maybe didn't even go down there? They were supposed to play Central Michigan in this game last year, and they really kind of screwed them and didn't show up and didn't go. But I, I remember hearing a bunch of blowback on the sponsor and why they shouldn't go. That will, You know what? We'll both do homework before the next time we get on the air, yeah, yeah. and we'll talk about it a little bit Yeah, more. I don't mean to put you on the spot. No, I just didn't know if you knew. I can't remember for sure, but I do know they have a lot of females who work for them, and they're, they're all it's all about betting content, too. Yeah. I mean, they all have their own little shows. It, it's crazy what this, this medium's done. And, and El Presidente also has a pizza rating thing. He'll go into anywhere he is and go into a pizza joint, just off-the-wall pizza joint, and rate their pizza. I'm sure I saw that with Josh Allen. And yeah, Josh was part of it uh, the week leading up to the draft. Yeah, yeah, I, I could have swore. I think that was my introduction to Barstool. And you know, I've had a couple of questions because I'm the idiot that will answer questions on Facebook sometimes <laughs> about you know any information on this. Uh, it's not on the app. Blah blah blah. And I it's it's going to be streamed on their website, on the app, and via their social media, and it's free. And then somebody just recently said the next post will be a poster enraged because they don't have any way of watching it while simultaneously using this platform to to ask about it. (laughs) (laughs) Right on there, Mr. Wilson. Right on. That's the truth. My goodness. So (laughs) any smart TV has the capability of watching it on your TV or you can watch it on your computer, your cell phone, and... And if it, you can only get it on your cell phone, simulcast it to your smart TV. Yeah. By the way, I heard uh, some flights to Tucson were kind of expensive. I'm looking right here. You can fly to Phoenix for dirt cheap. It's 113 miles away. Yeah, it, and it's a four-lane road all <laughs> the way down there. Um, we did it two years ago. We went and stayed with some friends in Scottsdale, and then we drove down yeah. the night before the game. So. Well, and hopefully some people are going to go. I've been really disheartened, and I understand the Cowboys lost a heartbreaker to Boise State. They didn't show up against Fresno State. I'm stunned, though, Jared, about how many people I see that are like, I wouldn't spend a dime on this team. This team's an embarrassment. This team is a joke. Are you kidding? 
I know that we have a bad taste in our mouth right now because of that and you tack on the transfer portal stuff and the Titus Swin dismissal, but give me a break. I believe there will be a pretty good turnout for this, um, just like there was two years ago. Was two really years, good three turnout. Years ago. Yeah, yeah, 2019. Yeah, 19. Yeah. Um, it was a great turnout. Uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a fun college town. I really wish that a game could be going on when the Arizona students were there Yeah, because some of the bars we would go to – they were just closed, just closed down because there was no students. Yeah, which was kind of shocking. And in 2019, it was New Year's Eve day. It was actually New Year's Eve. Think about it, man. That was the last time the world was normal. It was, yeah. Because it went to hell in a hurry. Three when, months right after that, <laughs> yeah, it went to hell in a hurry um, when we got home. They do have a good transit system downtown. They have a train that'll take you to a lot of the bars and restaurants back close to your hotel, depending on where you're staying. I think we met up and had beers yep. in Tucson. Yep. It was great, man. All walking distance down there. Yeah. That pep rally was great. A mm-hmm. uh, lot of fun. And I think the pep rally is even going to be that much more with Big Cat and El Presidente around because yeah. they just bring another yeah. uh, relaxed atmosphere. Well, I guess, yeah, this Big Cat fellow, whoever he is, apparently he's going to sing the national anthem and he wants to have an eagle on his arm or something while he and does if it. you see the announcement that they did off of their social media, he, he announces it and we got something to announce today. It's Wyoming versus Ohio, blah, blah, blah. And then he has, and I'm singing the national anthem and he has an eagle coming, <laughs> fake eagle, of course, coming land on him. <laughs> well, I know the uh, Arizona Bowl rep today was talking about how much fun it's been to work with these guys and their ideas are absolutely nuts. He said um, against last year in the game, he was going to have uh, guys jump out of airplanes and all this stuff. And then um, if you remember, the one thing I do remember about Barstool now that I think about it, remember the picture that surfaced that looked like Jim McElwain, CSU's former coach, humping a dead shark and he was naked on a boat? They actually did a video last year. They had a little time after Boise State shafted them. Uh, with Jim McElwain, who's now the head coach at Central Michigan, and it was the big, are you sure that wasn't you? <laughs> I give Jim a lot of kudos because <laughs> he had fun with it. And you know what? Craig, have fun with these guys. They didn't bite on that today. I asked the rep, I'm like, you going to have Craig Bull do anything crazy after what you did with McElwain last year? And he just avoided the question. They, He said they are going to come up to Laramie and do some – some stuff, some stories or whatever, some videos. But uh, And he even mentioned that maybe they would do something like Yellowstone-ish because that's the big thing in the country right now that has to do with Wyoming, I guess. Well, even when game day went to Montana State a couple weeks ago, they didn't do anything Yellowstone-ish. They did uh, – Pat McAfee went and bulldogged with the rodeo team. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was funny. Yeah, heck yeah. And he had a tank top. <laughs> <laughs> I do like, Jared, that this is trending more toward fun because sports should be fun. And and I told you before we came on, back in the day, before I even thought I was ever going to really do journalism or be in any kind of spot like this, I thought, how great would it be to be like the Howard Stern of sports and be able to just be – off the wall, say whatever you want, do crazy stuff, but also deliver the news and deliver some fun with it. To me, that era is dead, maybe with how far Howard Stern went. And I think that's what Barstool really was going towards, yeah. to be that way. And then they've they've come back a little bit, but you still watch their live like pregame. They went to two back-to-back Mac games um, like those Tuesday, Wednesday games that ESPN televises, but they did their own pregame shows outside mm. those stadiums. Yeah. They cussed. 
the entire time talking about how cold it was, <laughs> how there's nobody there, um, <laughs> how the food, you know, it's, it's all this kind of stuff. So you watch any of those or you'll even see a lot of snippets of them watching big games in so-called their, their headquarters. Yeah. And there's guys that are throwing things. Uh, and they're drinking high noons because they're sponsored by high noons. And I think maybe Portnoy must have maybe part ownership. I don't know for sure, <laughs> but they have high noons all the time. God, that, that is a dream. Can we do that? Yes. I would love to do that. Like have pregame shows where you're drinking beer and raising hell. And then, you know, maybe write a story after the game, depending on if you're still coherent. <laughs> That's what I used to do. <laughs> just, set a, just set a camera up in our little man cave oh. of us watching games. Oh, I'd get, I'd be, yeah, I wouldn't make it. There's no way. Um, I guess we can end on this sour note. Um, Wyoming basketball is three and five. Um, Losing four in a row. Four in a row. Uh, the injuries are mounting. Um, no Brendan Wenzel, no Noah Reynolds in the last one. Uh, pretty solid Grand Canyon team, but they were also playing without their best player. And, I mean, are we just going to look at a team that's just kind of in a way screwed until Graham E.K. comes back? Most definitely. Uh, the net rankings came out today, too. They ranked 275th. Jesus. They deserve it. And that's and that's the from from where they started the year and from where they they are now, that's, it's the biggest – change in the, in the mountain west and on the flip side of it new mexico has gone the other way right they've got off to such a great start um if it wasn't for fresno state being as bad as they are wyoming would be in the cellar right now in the mountain west yep fresno state's two and five wyoming three and five and air force shoot they're even five and four yeah uh but until they get everybody healthy and clicking on the same cylinder how I mean, can they be this bad without ek it's uninspiring. The other night, I was sitting there thinking, I would rather be anywhere else on planet Earth than in this arena right now. That was the atmosphere in that arena. It was pitiful. Brought me back to Heath Schroyer days. I had I some mean, Alan Edwards vibes. I just, no atmosphere. None. And pick up your game, athletics. Play some better music. <laughs> I mean, you have to do something to try to get these fans engaged. Well, and think about how bad the student section already has been. They're about to go home. I will. The first two games, they were good. Student section was decent. Yeah, yeah, they and were. I'm sudden, not dumping on the student. Oh yeah, section. but all of a sudden, they're they're not coming anymore. Gone. Um, and here in two weeks, they're gone for holidays for 30 days. Yeah. And there's some big Mountain West matchups. Yep. During that, there's four straight Saturday home games during the break. I didn't get a chance to ask Linder this, and I probably should have I probably should have just done it but he said he mentioned this word if Graham EK comes back in his press conference that's terrifying and I have also heard that we don't want to put a lot of negative vibes out there but I have heard that that they don't know if if he's going to come back mm. I mean it he's truly like week to week he's gotten uh other opinions on what's going on uh so who knows? We obviously know how important he is, but I mean, this bad? Losing at home to Southeast Louisiana? You know, yeah. it shouldn't be this bad. I don't I don't care. I know Graham E.K. is really important, but Hunter Maldonado doesn't look right. But they played their tail off against Santa Clara without Hunter. Yeah. And come back against Grand Canyon. I'll tell you, for 35 minutes of that game, it was not 
good basketball. Oh, so bad, dude. And they so didn't boring. look like they wanted so to be bad. out there. I know I didn't want to be there. But some of the passes they did and just the shots, mm. I just don't get it. And I wanted you to ask, Linder, why aren't you pressing at home? Ever. They pressed the last couple minutes of Santa Clara. They pressed the Boston College game. Mm-hmm. And it's worked. They've created some turnovers. But they didn't. They did it like the second to last possession against Grand Canyon when it was already a seven-point game. Well, You have to do it like five, six minutes to go, and you have the depth. So why aren't you doing it? You say you want to use the the elevation to your advantage, and 10-minute mark, Grand Canyon was gassed. Yeah. Especially that big guy, number 24. Mm-hmm. He could barely breathe. And he was huge. He didn't want anything to do with it. If you slap a press on. <laughs> yeah. So what blew my mind, Jared, was – out of the half, they came out. That's the only inspired basketball I really witnessed. Was right out of the half. They took the lead. I believe it was an eight-two run, eight-three yep. run. Um, all of it, aside from a Jay Kyman mid-range jumper, was at the glass. Was at the rim, and then it just stopped again. And Leonard doesn't seem to really bat an eye when you say, "Really, thirty-five threes, ten of thirty-five." And he's like, "Well, if we had Noah, you know, he's better at getting to the rim." And I'm like, "But you were getting to the rim, yep. and oh. it was working." And Hunter went back to, as you saw a couple times where he'd miss those turnaround hook shots, mm-hmm. leaving them short. He left three or four of those on the front of the rim again. Yeah. And he's like, go harder and get fouled then. Right. Yeah, I, I just, they were they were getting to the rack. That's what I guess is so frustrating. And and you know what? Jeff's right. They, they had open looks. Hunter Thompson couldn't have had more open looks. What, he put up seven threes, I want to say, in that game? They were open, but... They're not falling, and it's like the high percentage thing, and I asked him that, and, and Jeff Linder knows more about basketball than I will ever dream of knowing, but, you know, it seems like a low percentage shot to shoot from three, a high percentage shot when you're next to the rim, right? It's kind of like we, we gripe about with Wyoming football. What the kills, tight end's right there. What kills me is when you see a guy that has it at the free throw line, and he'll dribble back to the three-point line and then throw it up. Yeah. You have a 15-footer. Your chances of making a 15-footer are better than making a 19-niner. I mean, seriously. And 35 19-niners? I mean, that's just – and it's – so the Cowboys are what? Ranked in the top 40 in the country in three-point attempts, and they're in the lower third. Well, they were number one there. Yeah. The first, yeah. first two weeks out or but something. But they're in the lower third of making those. Yeah. When when does that become a, hey, we're taking too many threes? And I'll, I'll, all we heard – the grease trip and things like that and practices, oh, he's he's making 70% of his threes. Mm-hmm. He's doing this. He's doing that. Uh, start knocking him down. Yeah. Put up or shut up. And I that's mean. what they mentioned after the game. You know, Maldo didn't want to hear anything about the shot selection and all that. He, wanted, he said, we got to start knocking down some shots. And, yes, that's very true, but it was clearly not their day, right? So when it's not your day, and you just gave Linder kudos for his adjustments. And I give him unbelievable kudos for that same adjustment you talk about. I talk about that all the time because it was so impressive, and we don't see that on the football side of things. And there was no in-game adjustments whatsoever. It's just throwing more guys at the problem. I don't know why J.O. didn't play, what, but three minutes in that game, four minutes in that game? Well, and also, Linder has said numerous times now in the last two weeks, he's going to start paring down his lineup. Yeah, he hasn't. Seven, eight guys. No, he's still no. playing 10, 11 guys. Yeah. 
And you're telling me that Max Ogbong Polo and J.O., who are six foot nine, can't put their back to the basket and be a five? Why? I don't get it. I, I, I don't either. I mean, you're telling me that J.O. and, and Ogbong Polo wouldn't have outjumped that number 24 and wouldn't have bashed with him in the, in the mm-hmm. paint like that and wouldn't have been able to outmaneuver that guy? That's because we're armchair media guys. I guess. I am for basketball, I will admit. (laughs) Yeah, well, the Cowboys are back at it tomorrow night. Texas A&M Commerce. Then they got La Tech coming in, excuse me, uh, on Saturday. Yep, 7 p.m. game, both of those are. So hopefully they can get it turned around. They really, really need to get that turned around, like, tomorrow night. Because their next two games after that are very difficult when they go to Chicago to play Dayton and Phoenix to play St. Mary's. Two really good teams. Another tweet here, Jared. Olawasi Emoto Show is blessed to receive an offer from the University of West Virginia. Two Power Five offers already for Olu. Isn't it West Virginia University? Yes. How many guys have you seen, though, that put Wyoming University and it's just like, dude, delete it. <laughs> delete it. But all right, I think we covered everything. That's a funny thing. They're getting offers from these schools and they're and they're retweeting it or saying stuff about it. They don't even know, I know. how to pronounce it. They just know it's power five. Well, maybe Barstool's gonna come scoop us up one of these days, Jared. We just need to be more dirty on the air. You know who we need to have on before the bowl game is Brant Tobler. Yeah. He tried out for Barstool. He was oh, did like he? one of their Top five finalists. Damn, I was going to say he'd be, be one of their main content guys there in the beginning. So he'd be perfect for that. So, you know what? I'll 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 text Brent so yeah. we can get him on. Yeah. See if we can get him in studio. Yeah, and that'd be talk fun. to him about that whole process. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. I'll definitely be learning about Barstool here over the next few weeks. So we'll get with you again next week. Uh, hopefully not a ton more football news. Maybe we can be a little more... Uh, basketball-centric, maybe talk about these Ohio Bobcats a little more. Just figured today would be a great day to get on and uh, talk about all the happenings because we all know how the sky likes to fall around here with the uh, transfer portal. So far, it could have been worse. It's not that bad yet. And Frank Crum told me just three weeks ago he does not expect a mass exodus. We'll see. It was three today. It's four total. All starters, which makes it a little cringy, a little hold-your-breath but uh, all we can do is wait and see here. Um, I don't know. I haven't heard any other names. Don't know. <laughs> We're all going to find out together. So we'll hit you up again next week. Wyoming, Texas A&M Commerce, the big one, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, double eight. See you there.